Friday Night Live here. Hope you're ready. Heavy Duty Truth Zone. Come at your own risk. All we're going to talk about here is the truth. Truth out of the Bible. Truth out of the Constitution. Truth out of what's going on in our culture. I'm just going to launch right into it tonight. I already gave a brief explanation. I'm not really going to talk about it necessarily any more than what I did as far as time, but I want to talk a little bit about the George Floyd situation in Minneapolis from both perspectives now. Now we have two things going on. First of all, we had the unjustified killing of Mr. Floyd, of George Floyd by the police officer. And now we've got the rioting and we're going to look at the truth from both perspectives. That's the whole thing. You have to look at the truth, whether it supports your narrative or doesn't, because your narrative should be the truth, right? So we're going to look at this whole, this whole thing, both the police side of it. And again, I know most of you that are watching know, but obviously I was a police officer for 25 years. My career ended in 2017. I retired 25, I did uh, 25 years in a day, Sarasota County Sheriff's Office right down here in uh, Southwest Florida. So I have a unique perspective on what happened there and with, with George Floyd. And I'm going to share that tonight. So, and I, you know, a lot of you already heard, I did a 20 minute Facebook live because I just wanted to get on the record as quick as I could about what happened. And it was an absolutely without question, an unjustified killing of, of, of an innocent man. I'm not saying he's innocent of all criminal charges that I think he may, you know, I think it was passing a, like a counterfeit $20 bill or something like that is what I read today. But um, obviously nobody deserves to die for that. He would have been, he probably with the Corona stuff going on, he probably would have been given a notice to appear and let go. But anyway, it's an unjustified killing. What the actual charges will be. Uh, they came out today. Um, I'll look, I'll read those to you in a couple minutes, but yeah, and the officer was arrested today. So anyway, just from the, the police perspective on it, Obviously, I've been involved with, I've arrested a lot of people. I've been involved with a lot of arrests. I've made the call many, many times about arrest or don't arrest. And there's no way to justify that from an officer's perspective. There's absolutely no way to justify what happened to George Floyd. There's no way. Um, the officer, it was going on for somewhere in the neighborhood of six to eight minutes. The officer had his knee on, the, on Mr. Floyd's neck as Mr. Floyd cried out over and over and over again that he couldn't breathe. If you know anything about being on your stomach, and I've listened to Dan Bongino with this uh, yesterday. I'm not sure if it was yesterday's podcast or the one day before, but he was talking about he was a defense instructor for the Secret Service. And as you, when you're on your stomach, you can't, it's very difficult to breathe anyway. Now, some of you might be thinking, I sleep on my stomach. That's on a mattress. If you're, if you're, on, the stomach on, the, if you're on your stomach on the asphalt with your hands behind your back, I want you to, with all your, oh, your own body weight, and Mr. Floyd... Was not, a lot, was not a small man. He was lean, but he was not a small man. So he weighed a lot. And he had, so he had his hands behind his back, handcuffed, on the street. In a previous video, the officer handled it correctly. He was, Mr. Floyd was cuffed and was sat up against the building. They ended up bringing him back over, I believe, to the premises where the, the, the criminal allegation was alleged. And they brought him over there, and something must have happened. I don't know if he got squirmy or what, but he ended up on the ground. And for seven, seven, eight, six to eight minutes, the officer um, had his knee in his, on his neck with his, you know, and George Floyd had his hands behind his back, pressed against the concrete, calling out over and over and over again that he could not breathe. Any decent officer right there. And I want to, I want to reiterate this because people put this on, on my uh, 
on my, you know, my, my feed there, the responses is, you know, all, you know, all officers aren't bad, which let me see if I can see that. But, and I know that, believe me, most, most, uh, most cops are good people. They really are good people. And this is, this is, everything has to be case by case. If you're going to make an argument that there's systemic racism in law enforcement, you're going to have to come up with the stats because the stats aren't there. They're not there. And this is according in 2016. This is the Obama DOJ statistics. You know, there's, there was about in 2016, there was about 8,000 uh, homicides in the black community. And what I mean by that is there's 8,000 victims of homicide that were African-American. Of those, 93% were committed by other African-Americans. All right, so you have to take every single case individually. You don't go, okay, because one cop did a horrible thing. And, and just for the record, he did the Minneapolis cop. He did a horrible thing. He caused the death. People are saying that he killed, you know, that he killed him. Well, he did. I mean, <laughs> there's no real way to, there's no real way to, whether, you know, he's not going to get charged with first degree murder. And that's everybody thinks that it's not going to happen. I'll read you the charges in a minute. He didn't get charged with first degree murder, but it's it's it, it he killed the man he's responsible for taking that man's life and it was not justified it was not justified it was not remotely justified there's no way to justify what the officer did so george floyd's on the ground for six to eight minutes crying out that he cannot breathe and then the probably the worst part of it all is when he goes unconscious the officer still doesn't move i mean if you watch this video it's absolutely devastating and there's no way to defend the actions of that officer or the officer that's standing there. What should have happened was the officer that was standing there kind of keeping the crowd away, that officer should have verbally at first and then physically removed the, removed the officer that had his, na that his, had his uh, knee on Mr. Floyd's neck. Started off verbal, hey, get off of him, get off of him. And I'm talking about 30 seconds in when the man is crying out that he cannot breathe. When the man's crying out that he can't breathe, officers police officers we have to take action you don't leave him on the ground i can't breathe i can't breathe i can't breathe after you know 30 seconds of that i mean there's there's people that will use that to try to you know wriggle their way out of things i mean you know to gain an advantage over law the man's already handcuffed what what advantage could he gain there's three four five officers there's an officer across the street guarding uh, the Mr. Floyd's vehicle. I mean, there's cops everywhere. So when the man says he can't breathe, simply sit him up against his own vehicle or just take him over against the building and have him sit. What's he going to do? So what's the point of sitting there with your knee on the man's ne uh, neck? So there's no way to justify it. It's an unjustified killing. You know, and, and I said this last night on, on Dr. Rodney Howard Brown's show is that I believe that some of the problem is, and I'm not saying that this is what happened here, but some of the problem with law enforcement right now is that we've unleashed a totalitarian spirit in law enforcement. And I'm not, necess I'm not necessarily saying like a totalitarian demon or anything like that, but a totalitarian spirit and attitude. When you're out there right now, and even though everybody thinks that this whole, you know, all the coronavirus lockdowns are lifted and we're free again, and we're not at all, at 2.1 million jobless claims this week, we're now over 40 million people have lost their jobs. We have 14 point something percent unemployment. It is not over at all. And many, there are many states still very much locked down. So 
But I believe that when, you have, when you're telling law enforcement to go arrest people for, for violating unconstitutional laws like social distancing laws, unconstitutional. Well, it's a pandemic. First of all, no, it's not. And second of all, a pandemic does not amend the Constitution. When you're arresting pastors, when you're arresting uh, moms on playgrounds, when you're arresting lone paddleboarders, lone joggers, lone surfers, People, walk, you know, people, uh, you're stopping an MMA fighter, Brandon, uh, Brendan Schaub, in the middle of the in the middle of nowhere because he's not wearing a mask while he's biking alone, and you're issuing him a fine. You're ushering in a totalitarian spirit. That's third world country stuff, and it doesn't help law enforcement. Listen, law enforcement has taken a beating over the last ten weeks during this lockdown, an absolute beating. As I, I just retired two and a half years ago. It's, I don't even think it's been two and a half years yet. But it, you know, two and a half years ago, I retired. And I've lost a lot from law enforcement. I've lost a lot of respect for the cops, for law enforcement. Because, and listen, again, most cops are good people. But here's the problem. You can never go arrest people for violating unconstitutional laws. Remember, you swore to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States of America above all else. It doesn't matter what your county commissioner says. But because of that, cops have taken a beating. So I think we've unlocked, we've, we just have, we have an unleashed a complete totalitarian spirit in law enforcement. And let me say this too, and I am absolutely stealing this from Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I'm just making that clear to everybody. Absolutely stealing. I'm trying to see so I can see you guys' comments here. There we go. You know, a lot of Christians have come out, obviously, and should have come out against, obviously, you know, what happened with, with George Floyd. Without, without question, yeah, we, we should, as Christians, come out against this, right? I mean, it's, it, was, it was killing of a human being. It's one of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not murder. So, I mean, it was the killing of a human being. We should absolutely be against this unjustified killing. I'm not talking about just, you know, wars or justified killings in law enforcement. But this one was absolutely unjustified. And all the Christians have come out. Okay, well, you should. But here's the thing. Will you come out for things that cost you Facebook friends? And again, I'm stealing this from Jonathan Shuttlesworth. That was the most poignant response that I've heard from the church. Will, will you come out with a response that will actually cost you people attending your church? In any way, I mean, and I'm not, I'm not talking about George Floyd. I'm talking about other issues. Because it's George Floyd, I mean, it's easy. He was an innocent victim. He was an innocent vis- victim of a cop who, who went way, way, way overboard. An innocent victim. That's easy to come out and say that we're against that. But where's the church on abortion? I, I, don't, I don't see it. I preach, I preach about it all the time. People accuse me of preaching politics. I preach about abortion all the time. Where, where are you on all the coronavirus lies? where are you on the actual violations of, of Romans 13, which is violating Romans 13 is not disobeying some county commissioner who tells you to wear a mask. You think it is, but di- disobeying Romans 13 is disobeying the Constitution. And if you're staying at home, if you're in lockdown or you're social distancing, you're, and you believe that you're obeying the, the ruling authority, no, the ruling authority is the Constitution. If you're not assembling at your church, you're the one violating Romans 13. Not me and those that have kept, kept our churches open. So will you 
actually say things that are controversial. I loved what Jonathan Shuttlesworth said on this. Where do your, your views differ from the women on the view? Will you come out and say homosexuality is a sin and if you live in that sin, you'll go straight to hell? Will you come out and say Jesus is the judge, John chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, and you will be judged according to your works and according to your words? Will you say those things? It's easy to come out when everybody's in agreement. Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for so did their fathers to the false prophets. If your goal, that's Luke 6, 26, if your goal is to get it, and you believe that you are, you are correct in whatever gospel you're preaching based on how many people agree with you, incorrect. You preach according to the word of God, and that's it. And I don't see a lot of Christians coming out and taking big stance on social issues at all. At all. So will you come out now? And the next controversial thing that happens, will you come out? Will you come out and actually take a stand? One that will cost you Facebook friends, pastors, ones that will cost you congregates? Or will you remain silent? This First Chronicles 21-24 says this, No, but I will surely buy it for the full price, for I will not take what is yours for the Lord, nor offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. Will you take stands? See, most pastors, their churches are closed right now. Their churches are closed, not because they're afraid of coronavirus. They're thinking to themselves, you know, I'm 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and the odds of me dying of coronavirus are 0.1% post-infection, 0.01% of dying of it in the United States of America overall. But most pastors have closed their churches because they're afraid of losing congregants, not because they're afraid their congregants are going to get sick. Not because they're afraid they themselves will get sick. They're afraid that they're not, they're not going to be in agreement with people in their congregation that want to be reasonable or wisdom-based. And there are churches opening up this weekend. I, I checked on Facebook. There are some. About 50% of the churches that I usually check on are opening this weekend, finally. But where were you before? All right, well, back to, back to uh, George Floyd. I wanted to read this to you. The former, now former, Minneapolis Police Department, shown on the video putting his knee on the neck of George Floyd, this is from Yahoo News, has been arrested. Yahoo News has been arrested, according to the Minnesota Public Safety Commissioner, John Harrington. Derek uh, Chauvin, uh, that's the officer, who was fired on Tuesday, along with three other officers involved in the detainment of Floyd, was taken into custody Friday and faces charges of third-degree murder and manslaughter. I told you it wouldn't be first-degree murder. It has to be premeditated. He has to have a motive. This is going to be third-degree murder. Listen, the guy has to go to prison. There's no doubt about it. You know, I don't even hate to say it. There's no, there's no way to justify what the man did, what the officer did. There's no way to justify it. So he needs to go to prison. He has to go to prison. A judge will decide for how many years. It'll be a lot. And he needs to go to prison for a lot of years. And I, and, and I hate to say that about any officer, but it's just the truth. There's no way. You go case by case. There's no way to justify it. He, he, he killed a man. He killed a man who was begging for his life. And there's just no way to justify it. The interesting side note about this is that it appears that Derek uh, Chauvin and, and George Floyd, actually, this came out, I believe, today. A former club owner in uh, South Minneapolis says the now-fired police officer and George Floyd, who died in his custody this week, worked, to, worked security for her club. They worked together at a club in Minnesota, in Minnesota or Minneapolis, unknown whether they knew each other or not, but it's just an interesting side note. 
This is Derek, Derek Shaven, the officer, worked at that club for 17 years, and there was overlapping time where they worked there together. Now, listen, so we've covered the killing of George Floyd. They're, that family is going to get millions of dollars, as they should. The family themselves are calling out for people not to riot, George Floyd's family. So we've covered that part, and we can see uh, it's obvious. It was an unjustified killing. So now we, we've categorized case by case, right? You go case by Listen, for me, race doesn't matter. It wouldn't matter to me who it was that got killed. It wouldn't matter whether, if the officer was black, it wouldn't matter. If the victim was white, it wouldn't matter. If the victim was black, it just doesn't matter. People are people. That's the truth. So we go case by case. So we've got it. Unjustified, negligent homicide, third degree murder, manslaughter. manslaughter. The officer's been arrested. That's what should have happened. Done deal, right? So now we move on to the next area of conversation, which is now the community response, and that is the uh, ridiculous profiteering off of the death of George Floyd by those that are rioting and, and looting. Absolutely ridiculous. There's, and again, case by case. You, ha- you, you can't say because it was a, hor- uh, a horrendous act that it justifies a horrendous reaction. That is not the way that it works. So let's look at this. This is from... Uh, a Rob Smith tweet, and he says, burn it down. They say from their multi, multi-million dollar homes in cable news said, burn it down from their secured gated communities, never once thinking of the destruction it causes to black small business owners. So black small business owners are being victimized by black rioters and looters. They may not all be black, but they're predominantly from the black community. Tell me how that makes any sense whatsoever. Tell me how it makes any sense that the black community never addresses that 93% of their homicides are committed by each other. And never, you have to address all issues. George Floyd, innocent victim of police violence. No doubt, case closed. What happens in court will happen in court. Case closed. Now, homicide rate in the black community, 93% of black homicides are committed by other black people. Case closed. What are you going to do about it? Rioting. Now what do you do? Is this justify anything? Listen to this. The mob damaged or destroyed 130 businesses in Minneapolis this week. And I, I actually put together a list that I'll show you in a minute. Actually, I didn't put it together. I pulled it off of an article. Damaged or destroyed businesses in South Minneapolis this week. This small business owner is seen crying after looters destroyed his sports bar. An African-American business owner in Minneapolis saw the sports bar he invested his life savings into destroyed by looters in Minneapolis. I don't, his quote, I don't know what I'm going to do. I worked so hard to get here, so hard, said a tearful KB Bala, the owner of the Scores Sports Bar. A local news crew was filming his, his cleaning efforts when more looters came to try to get his safe. The man sitting there in tears a news crew is interviewing him and more looters showed up to steal the safe out of his already looted business. There is absolutely no excuse for it. And, and anybody that's instigating it needs to knock it off. The officer's been arrested. The officer, officers have been fired. George Floyd's own family is saying, stop the rioting. So that's what needs to happen, case by case. Should you loot? No. Should the officer that, that caused the death that killed George Floyd, should he be arrested? Yes. 
Should the black community address the fact that 93% of their homicides are committed by each other? Yes. Should they address that 70 some odd percent of their homes are fatherless? Yes. It's case by case every time. I mean, listen to some of these businesses. And I put it down, they put down the article here. What happened to them? Kmart, property damage, Walgreens, McDonald's, another poor Walgreens just gets hammered. Wells Fargo, fire and property damage, five guys, property damage. Why? What are you going to get at five guys? Leftover beef? They're probably empty anyway. Uh, A Honda dealership, property damage, Little Caesars, fire and property damage, Dollar General Store, extensive fire damage, Twin Lake Dental, fire and property damage. A laundromat, fire, there was a list of 130 stores. What's the justification? How's that going to help George Floyd? It's not going to do anything. That's a fact. Listen to this. Oh, another thing. Affordable housing was burned down. So a, a, a poor, it's, whether it's white people, black people, Latino people, whatever, there's lots of us living in affordable housing. They burned that down too. So what are those people supposed to do? Laborjani, a reporter for the Star Tribune, wrote on Twitter that amidst all this, police are being called to investigate a possible kidnapping from the parking lot across the street from their burning station. A screaming woman was said to have been forcibly put into a vehicle that then sped away, according to scanner traffic. So you have a possible abduction kidnapping in the midst of these riots explain how that helps george floyd hollywood elites steve carell seth rogan donate to bail out minneapolis rioters you need to know what's going on in your culture high profile celebrities are paying to bail out rioters why these these people are bra- they listen they may not be killing anybody yet but if they do how are they different than the officer who killed george floyd Hollywood elites are donating dollars to bail out Minnesota rioters at the Minnesota Freedom Fund. The far-left organization is providing funds to bail out violent protesters and looters in the Twin Cities. George Floyd's family has condemned the looting and the rioting, saying Floyd would not want people to get hurt. He lived his life protecting people, yet the anger over his death is spilled over into truly heinous lawlessness. This is going on. This is just articles that I pulled. Denver riot. Out of control in Denver. What's the next one? Columbus, Ohio. Ohio rioters break into the state house until the SWAT team was called. Protesters shut down streets outside police headquarters in downtown St. Louis. And then, then you've got the Trump feud with the mayor of Minneapolis. Let's cover that. A reporter, Jacob, a reporter asked Jacob Fry, he's the mayor of Minneapolis, about Trump's tweets from earlier Friday morning today on the riots that said, here's what Trump tweeted. I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, Minneapolis. A total lack of leadership. Either the very weak, radical left mayor, Jacob Fry, can get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send in the National Guard and get the job done right. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. That's it. You have to categorize these people that are rioting. They are thugs. But it's, it's not dissimilar in some ways to the coronavirus argument. People are dying. Shut down the whole economy. A man died at the hands of, uh, wrongfully at the hands of, of law enforcement. 
Blow up the whole city. It's the same ridiculously stupid mentality. And it just never ends. An overblown way, draconian, stupid response. How does it help anything? The draconian response to the COVID-19 didn't save any lives. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let it happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Waltz of Minnesota and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty, we will, we will assume control, but when the looting starts, the shooting starts. He shouldn't take back one thing that he said right there. There is no, well, I, I'm justified. How do you justify it in breaking in and burning up a, a target? Target shut down in, in Minneapolis. He t- shut down like 16 stores. They're shut down. How does that help anybody? How does that help people that need groceries? How does that help? It doesn't do anything for anybody. How, how are you honoring the death of George Floyd by going in and, and stealing uh, phones, cameras, watches, groceries, Whatever it is, whatever else there is at Target, computers. How are you honoring the death of George Floyd by stealing anything? Frey accused the mayor of Minneapolis, accused Trump of weakness. How's he weak? And added, well, how's he weak? <laughs> Again, I mean, I love, to, I love to hear people actually explain their statements sometimes. How, how is Trump weak exactly? Frey accused Trump of weakness and added while slapping the podium. Oh, he's put some drama on there. Donald Trump knows nothing about the strength of Minneapolis. We are strong, and he used a bad word, as H. Is this, a, is this a difficult time period? Yes, but you better be, I'll just use the D word, but the, the Christian version, darn sure that we're going to get through this. What Get through this? What, what does that mean to get through it when your city's on fire? How in the world are you getting through it? Again, you're like, Tom, you're paralleling everything to the coronavirus. It's true. It's like church is saying we're going to get through this. How are you getting through anything when your church has been shut down for the last 10 weeks? Some of you might be watching this are going, well, we're opening now. Well, great, but you didn't stand for anything. Again, you're like what I said. It's very easy to come out and say, I am against the death of George Floyd. Well, of course you are. Any human being would be. But are you going to stand in the midst of opposition? When there's actually an opposing viewpoint, there is no opposing viewpoint to the George Floyd death. There's a lot of opposing viewpoints when it comes to Corona, and you never should have closed your church. It's like I'm against looting. Well, of course, everybody, pretty much everybody's against looting, I guess, for, except for the elitists in Hollywood that are bailing them out of jail. So Frey accused Trump of weakness and added while slapping the podium out of that part. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry addresses the burning of a police precinct. They burned a police precinct to the ground amid protests. Is that, is that right? Because the police unjustifiably killed somebody to burn the precinct down? Well, listen, Minneapolis-St. Paul is a very large area, and there's lots of cops, and most cops will never come close to doing anything like the officer that killed George Floyd did. Not, not anything close to it. So I want to get that the officer's name out. So I got it here. So I don't forget his name. Got it. Derek Shaven. Chauvin or Shaven. C-H-A-U-V-I-N. Chauvin, I believe. Most, most officers in that area will never come. So you burn their precinct down? They're never going to come close to what Derek Chauvin did. And you say so you burn. How does, that, how does that help George Floyd? How does that help his family with their multi-million dollar lawsuit? Explain that. 
How's that going to help in the prosecution of the officers involved? Absolutely nothing. But again, I'm, I'm not really saying, I mean, not, I, think, I think, I hope that 90% of people would agree that you shouldn't be looting and burning down buildings. But listen to the mayor's response. Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry addresses the burning of a police precinct amid protests over the fatal arrest of George Floyd. The symbolism of a building cannot outweigh the importance of life of our officers or the public. So you abandon the building and let them just burn it to the ground. Is that proper? Again, it, it does very much parallel the whole corona thing. We'll do anything to save one life. No, you don't do anything to save one life. We don't live like that. If you're going to do anything to save a life, you can't. Listen, I'll, bring, I'll ask you this. If you believe that corona really has the same death statistics as the flu does, but say you just don't believe me, all right? You, say you believe that, that the flu is half as deadly as corona, half as deadly. Would you go there? So why don't you do half of the things that you did for corona for the flu every season? You know, stay three feet apart. Uh, quarantine yourself for half the flu season. Uh, you know, do social distancing inside your church services. What, half of what you do, why, why didn't you do that? Because you gave, I, I've said this several weeks ago. There's not a, there, me and everybody watching is a killer. We've all spread the flu. We don't know who we spread it to. But eventually, who we spread the flu to throughout our lives reached somebody that killed somebody. It's a fact. So we don't do anything to save a life. We don't. We don't stop. Listen, corona deaths, I believe, are at 379,000, something like that, for the world. Car, car accidents are over 600,000 right now. Car accident deaths are over 600,000 for this year right now. And I'm using Worldometer. And Worldometer is very much leaning towards coronavirus. I mean, they're from the World Health Organization and from the UN. So their coronavirus deaths, you can pretty much cut in half, but I won't get into that right now. But let's just use their stats. Even with that car accidents greatly outweigh coronavirus and nobody stops driving. So you won't do anything to save a life, right? You won't. You don't quarantine yourself every year with the flu. You don't. You go to work with it. Some of you quarantine yourself, sort of. You don't quarantine yourself when you have the cold. Some people do. Most of us don't. So you won't. So this is that same argument that the, that the mayor's using. It's the same thing. It's weakness. It's patheticness. It's cowardice. To say, you know, we're just going to yield the precinct building to the rioters because we don't want to risk anybody's life. That's no, you have to stand. What if, what if the guy, what if the, the men charging onto the beach at Normandy said that? We're not going to do anything to risk one life. Nothing's worth a life. Okay, nothing's worth a life. So taking down Stalin, uh, taking down Hitler, take, you know, what, name it. World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Korea, the Gulf Wars. Nothing is worth a human life ever. It's a, we don't live that way. It's a lie, but that's what this guy's saying. And this is from the city of Minneapolis. This was their tweet from the city of Minneapolis. We're hearing unconfirmed reports. This, this is how they respond. They protect the looters. They go, this is what the city said. We're hearing unconfirmed reports that gas lines to the third precinct have been cut and other explosive materials are in the building. If you are near the building for your, who's going to be near the building? The looters. 
If you are near the building for your safety, please retreat, retreat in the event the building explodes. So the city sends out a tweet to protect the looters. Can you imagine? The city sends out a, a, a tweet not to defend the citizens, not to defend law enforcement. They just told the, I guess in a way they defended law enforcement. They said, yield your building. What should have happened? The same thing that happened in Columbus, Ohio. The same exact thing that happened. They brought in, to protect City Hall, they brought in the SWAT team. That should have happened here. You don't yield things like this to looters. The same attitude, if those, those of you might remember, this is from PJ Media, the same attitude was found in, in Baltimore in 2015. This is after the killing there, the Freddie Gray. You don't get to get into that, but... Again, it, I'll get into a little bit of it, but you had a, a, a black man who died in police custody. A lot of the officers involved were black, but I mean, but the same attitude was displayed in Baltimore in 2015 when Mayor Stephanie Rawlings Blake expressed the notion that protesters should be given space to destroy. Quote, I made it very clear, this is the mayor of Baltimore. In 2015, I made it very clear that I will work with the police and instructed them to do everything that they could to make sure that the protesters were able to exercise their right to free speech, Rawling Blake said. It's a very delicate balancing act because while we try to make sure that they were protected from the car, the protesters, the looters, were protected from the cars and other things that were going on, we also gave those who wished to destroy space to do that as well and we worked very hard to keep the balance and to put ourselves in the best position to de-escalate let me let me read that again gave those who wish to destroy space to do that as well that's going on with the awesome leadership in in minneapolis minnesota right now rawlings blake put the rioters in the driver's seat with predictable results the riots over the death of of a black man who died in the back of a police van cost small businesses $9 million and the city $20 million. Unbelievable. All right, switching subjects. Again, it's case by case. Everything is case by case. You always go, is, is this right? Is this wrong? Is this the truth or is that the truth? And you always go with what is true. Every single time. Whatever is true is where you go. It... Looting is immoral, absolutely wrong, no justification. Everybody who's looting should be arrested. The officer who killed George Floyd should be arrested, and he was. The looters aren't being arrested. They are, they are a little bit, but not much. They're yielding to them. Oh, you want to burn our precinct down? Burn it down. And now, moving on to some other subject matters. Just a lot of different news has come out. Remember what I said about standing up for the things that are right or wrong. Here's some, here's some new information, new footage released by the Center for Medical Progress. And its founder, David uh, DeLayden, reveals Planned Parenthood officials admitting under oath their involvement in business transactions selling fetal tissue from aborted babies, calling into question whether the nation's largest abortion provider violated federal law. Invoices unsealed in April 2020. Why, was it, why, why is it being unsealed now? From Planned Parenthood 
showed the clinic received $55 per unusable organ delivered to tissue procurement organization STEM Express, contradicting previous claims by Planned Parenthood officials that the payment was only to cover transportation fees. The truth has come out. Planned Parenthood is selling baby parts. Fact. It's a fact. And I just want to throw this out to all the Christians. This is, this is the side of the aisle that's been dictating to you coronavirus over the last 10 weeks. That's why I'm calling for the church and for church leadership to repent. These are the people. Even after Trump said we're, churches are essential, churches have deemed themselves to be non-essential. Following people like this, these are the people who want the churches closed. People think the corona pandemic was some sort of government thing, maybe to take over to just get rid of Trump. I believe that it was helped it was partially to get rid of Trump, but it was an attack against the gospel of Jesus. There's no more vehement uh, zealousness towards closing any other institution as there is towards closing the church. The Center for Medical Progress, and this is why the church should be open. And I want to see now all the people that came out about George Floyd, and you're, and you're you know, you are perfectly willing to allegedly put your neck on the line because you're going to say that I'm against the killing of George Floyd. I want you to come out with this now too. This might cost you congregates though. Are you going to do it? The Center for Medical Progress also cited notes from a national Planned Parenthood meeting revealing that national officials knew some clinics were receiving payments for abortive tissue programs. Under Undercover footage released by Center for Medical Progress in 2015 revealed Planned Parenthood officials graphically discussing the sale of fetal tissue. Fact. Here's another interesting thing. This, this is, is back to the protest, but just another side note with it. This is from Todd Starnes. Hundreds of protesters are being flown to Minneapolis from Kylie Wooten from the Daily Caller. According to Hooten sources, these riots could be expanding from just locals, but nothing has been confirmed just yet. Hundreds of more protesters that are arriving to the city via the Minneapolis-St. Paul airport, he said. So if that report that I'm hearing is accurate, we could see more bodies in the street, which could lead to more violence tonight. Unbelievable. Actually, in this, 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 actually I found another article about from a few years ago. Soros-funded violent Ferguson protest movement and paid Black Lives Matter protesters. This is from the Gateway Pundit. In August 2016, the mysterious DC Leaks website posted hacked documents, hacked documents from the George Soros Open Society. If that, if that, if just that name alone should bother you, George Soros Open Society. The document states the killing of Freddie Gray in April helped spawn weeks of peaceful protests by Baltimore residents and allies from the Black Lives Matter movement that were temporarily interrupted by a period of unrest that lasted less than 48 hours and resulted in some injury, injuries and millions of dollars in, in property damage. Remember, this is a document coming from, from George Soros from his open society. 
to neighborhood businesses. While many lamented the damage done, the overwhelming sentiment is that the uprising has catalyzed a paradigm shift in Baltimore that offers opportunities for major justice reforms. George Soros' Open Society Institute viewed the 2015 Baltimore unrest following the death of Freddie Gray as an opening, a unique opportunity to create accountability for the Baltimore police while aiding activists in reforming the city, according to a hack documents reviewed by Breitbart Jerusalem. Recognizing the need for strategic assistance, the U.S. Programs Board approved, that's George Soros, approved $650,000 in Opportunities Fund support to invest in technical assistance and support for the groups at the core of the burgeoning Black Lives Matter movement. CNN crew arrested covering the riots, and I want to cover a point here. This is, I don't know if I can pronounce his name right, but this is from a, uh, a Twitter account, Manu Rahul. It said, after he and his crew were arrested for doing their job reporting on the Minneapolis protest and they were just released, our Omar Jimenez says on air that the officer who arrested him was cordial but had little information for him telling him, I'm just following orders. So how in the world do you end up arresting a CNN crew? And then what you say is, I'm following orders. See, that's why law enforcement has lost some of my respect after 25 years in law enforcement myself and is losing the respect of many citizens in the United States. You can never say during an unjustified arrest, I am just simply following orders. You don't arrest people for not committing a crime. You just don't do it. It's as simple as that. Following orders does not cover it. Following, what were your orders? Arrest television crews that aren't committing crimes? It makes absolutely no sense. Now flipping back to the other side of things. Do you remember the mass riots and looting after Muslim cop uh, Muhammad Noor shot? Muhammad Noor shot Justine Daman point blank in the chest in Minneapolis. So you had a black Muslim police officer shoot a white female, just Justine Demon, point blank in the chest in Minneapolis. Demon called the police to report a possible assault down the alley behind her home. When she went out to meet the police car in her pajamas, Nor reached out over his partner and shot her dead. Where was the riots? There's no reason to ever riot. Whether it's black on white or white on black, there is no reason to riot and loot ever. Ever. That's the truth. Ever. No reason. And, that, and that's just simple fact. Case by case, every time, no reason to loot. Now let me say this to you. Moving on to some Corona stuff. And I don't want to be, you know, Debbie Downer all the time when it comes to the Corona things and not celebrate it, but celebrate some positive things. But what exactly are we celebrating? I mean, people are really excited about getting their rights back that were stolen from them. And and I'm not telling you to walk around depressed and I'm not telling you to walk around angry. But what I am telling you to do is not be appreciative that what was stolen from you was given back to you by the people that stole it from you. 
And people, you know, it's lifting and we're happy. No, this never should have happened to begin with at all. And please understand that this isn't remotely over. I mean, again, like I said earlier, there's been 2.1 million jobless claims this week alone. People are like, hey, it's gone down. Yeah, it's gone down, but the previous record was 678,000. We beat it this week. We beat it last week. We beat it the week before. Absolutely crushed it with the all-time world record of 6.6 million jobless claims in a week. It's not over. I mean, 2.1 million people this week have applied for unemployment. That's not the amount of people that have lost their jobs. That's the amount of people who actually filed for unemployment this week. 2.1 million this week. Just make sure that you're not living in a bubble. Just because... And what I mean by, I'm talking about us right now. Just because our circle all thinks the same. We all think the same. We're like, you know, things are opening up. Glad that they're opening up. People should be, listen, there's people that are against it opening up. I don't, and here's the thing. I think it's the majority of people. I honestly do. and And I pulled this from the, you know, I went to the other side. Usually I'm on mostly, I pulled some stuff from Yahoo News pull some stuff from CNN, you know, but mainly I'm on conservative websites pulling my information. So, but I went to the Washington Post for this. And just so you could see the other side. And while I'm, I'm going down the Washington Post uh, website, what's on the side? There's CNN, MSNBC, you got Joe Scarborough and, and I can't remember the woman, his wife that was with him. Um, you know, they're on the side. They got, I guess I... I see uh, numerous other uh, very non-conservative uh, broadcasters on the side. Whoopi Goldberg. That's, that's who, who's ever looking at the Washington Post. They're not seeing Hannity. They're not seeing Rodney Howard Brown. They're not seeing Breitbart. They're not seeing Fox News. That's what they're, there's a huge segment of the population. That's what they're seeing. They're, they're, we can't just assume everybody thinks like this. We can't assume everybody's logical. I mean, if you look at the coronavirus numbers and you're just logical, there never should have been social distancing. There never should have been quarantines. There never should have been lockdowns. Nothing ever should have happened. We never should have said that it was more than the flu because it's not. We never should have shut down a $20 trillion economy. 40 plus million Americans are now out of work. That never should have happened. Those are 40 million jobless claims. That's not, I even said it wrong. It's not 40 million people out of work. That's 40 million jobless claims. That never should have happened. All that should have happened was to cordon off our most vulnerable people, which was not done. The only thing that should have been done wasn't done. I'll get to that in a couple of minutes. That's next. But that, the only thing that needed to be done was not done at all. A to F on how we handled our most vulnerable citizens, F. But here's, here's what the Washington Post said. Slowing rates of infection in some of the hardest hit parts of the United States have offered a glimmer of hope. Is that how you think? That's not how I think, but that's how a lot of people think. Slowing, this is from today, a glimmer of hope? Where are all the bodies? I mean, why is it a glimmer of hope? A glimmer? That's all that you have? It's not belittling any deaths. I'm the death of any individual. I'm talking statistics right now. If you believe the CDC, which I don't, 
Most, I mean, again, we've had statistically the same amount of deaths during the first four months of this year as we had last year. So there is no pandemic. There's a pandemic. So why, why is there, why, you, had, you had an outbreak, a lot of things, it's, uh, Washington's, Washington State's been caught classifying shootings as corona deaths. So we know that the CDC numbers are completely askew. That's about 100,000 people is what the CDC has said have died of corona inside the United States. Really, it's half that because suddenly stu- uh, uh, flu deaths stopped, pneumonia deaths stopped, and it all goes to corona. We, it's been caught numerous times. Pennsylvania was caught. Colorado was caught. New York was caught. Of all had to acknowledge deaths that they weren't acknowledging before, had to lower death counts. New York hasn't had to lower death counts. They should, but they haven't. New York increased its own death counts by 17, by its own death count by 17% in one day, discovering new deaths. When you have a legitimate pandemic, you don't need to falsify death certificates. And that's being done all over the place, even at the admonition of the CDC. But there's people, if you just, let's just use their numbers. 100,000 people have died of coronavirus. You have a point zero one 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 hundredth of one percent chance of dying of corona inside of the united states and for and again that's that's kind of a cloudy statistic even though it favors my argument because for most people you have a 0.0 percent chance of dying of corona you're not vulnerable most people who have gotten corona never knew they had it so how deadly is it not it's the flu but they're talking about glimmer of hope. How many people read the Washington Post? Think about it. We can't get lost in our own bubble thinking everybody thinks the way they do. Oh, it's over. It's all lifting. It's done now. Finally, 50% of the churches that I check on, they're opening on Sunday after 10 weeks of useless, of shutting their doors uselessly for absolutely no reason. But this is how this is how the other side actually is thinking. They actually think like this. And we need to understand there is a huge segment of the population that goes to Joe Scarborough, that goes to CNN. And they'll be like, nobody watches CNN. That's not true. CNN is worldwide. In most countries, CNN is the only American news that anybody ever sees. That's a fact. There's no Fox News and most other, there's not, in comparison to CNN, there's no Fox News out there. And listen, Fox News is leaning left anyway. But they talk about a glimmer of hope. A glimmer? 100,000 Americans have died out of 330 million? And you're talking about a glimmer of hope? I shared this in my last podcast. Worldwide, there's 8 billion people live, just under 8 billion people live on the planet. Currently, right now, there's about 55,000 serious to critical COVID-19 cases. That's worldwide, not the United States. Most of you think, most of the people who follow coronatology and believe that it's a deadly pandemic, you think there's that many in your state. The people that put on my, you know, my... Remark, you know, the, the responses over here on Facebook that put down, you're an idiot. What, where are your statistics? Now, most of them, they think that if there's 55,000 people dying in their state. In, in Florida of 22, 22 million, we've had just over 2,000 deaths. Uh, 22 million people. 
worldwide right now at this very moment there's about 55,000 serious to critical coronavirus cases worldwide 55,000 out of 8 billion people and they're lo- and the Washington Post is looking for a glimmer of hope a glimmer of hope 0.1 post infection death rate even even the CDC has had to come out and acknowledge the CDC has it at a point four post-infection death rate for people who, who, who actually show signs of infection. But if you, ta- if you tabulate, basically 13% of the population has it, most of which never have any sort of symptoms. It drives it down even according to their numbers, which could all be cut in half as far as deaths are concerned. Even they have it at 0.26. Even the corrupt CDC run by Fauci's good buddy, Robert Redfield, has it. Remember, remember even, even Dr. Burks has come out and says she doesn't trust the CDC numbers. So even using their numbers, as 0.2% post-infection death rate, two-tenths of 1%, and the Washington Post is looking for a glimmer of hope. Let's look at this nursing home controversy. I'm going to read you some statistics here. Some of these you may have heard last night if you were watching um, Dr. Rodney's podcast from the blaze new york officials admit to quietly changing coronavirus counting standards to mislead on nursing home deaths they came out from a podium and acknowledged that they were doing this why is that on on national news why is it that the only place i could find that on is the blaze and i'm sure gateway pundit pj media conservative web websites which the conservative websites are the ones that are telling the truth they tell the truth about Republicans too. When the, when the Republicans mess up, they're conservative. They're always conservative. They're not conservative when it's convenient. From the Gateway Pundit, more than 4,500 coronavirus patients were sent into nursing homes under Governor Cuomo's state directive. Andrew Cuomo's state directive. The directive ran, listen to this now, His directive, he was the primary sponsor of this directive that ordered nursing homes to take in coronavirus patients. He was the primary sponsor. And it's cost so far over 5,400 deaths inside of nursing homes in the state of New York. His own directive that said nursing homes had to take in coronavirus patients ran from March 25th through May 10th. Through all the way through May 10th and you're in May, you're still putting coronavirus patients into nursing homes? How stupid can you be, Andrew Cuomo? And by the way, Governor Whitmer of Michigan did the exact same thing. Really, two of the most totalitarian governors are the ones who are responsible for the most nursing home deaths. You had to do one thing. You had to protect the most vulnerable in our society and you did nothing. You didn't only fail to protect them. You sent the coronavirus into them. That's what really happened. And by the way, Christians who are still following and rejoicing that you're out of quarantine, you never. these are the people who told you to go into quarantine. The Whitmers of the world, the Cuomos of the world, the Murphys of the world, the Inslees of the world. They're the ones who told you, the Gavin Newsoms of the world. 
Jane Mills of the world. They're the ones who told you to go in. And they're sending, this is how smart they are, sending coronavirus into the nursing homes. This is why I'm telling you, the churches need to repent of following demonic people. New York has more COVID deaths than the next five hardest hit states combined. That's that's the genius of Andrew Cuomo. In 2018, a healthcare industry group, this is new, this brand new, listen closely. In 2018, which was an election year for Andy Cuomo, in 2018, a healthcare industry group suddenly poured more than $1 million into a Democratic committee backing Cuomo's campaign. Less than two years after the flood of cash from the Greater New York Hospital Association, Cuomo signed legislation last month in April, quietly shielding hospital and nursing home executives from the threat of lawsuits stemming from the coronavirus outbreak. Do you see the galactic corruption? Churches, why would you follow people like this? Hey, churches, we want you to jump. Oh, Andy, how high? Tom, the churches are opening up. Not not many. Some are. They never should have closed. This is who you're following. People just like this. He was given a million dollars by an organization that he just legislated could not be sued by people who lost their relatives to his idiotic plans, his idiotic procedures for taking care of the most vulnerable who lost their parents in nursing homes or their grandparents in nursing homes. He shielded the people who are responsible. I I wonder if this shields him. He needs to be sued. How stupid can you be and still breathe? From the Gateway Pundit and Forbes, from yesterday, an astounding 43% of all COVID-19 deaths in the United States have taken place in nursing homes. That's not 43% of people 65 and above, of people 65 and above. It's not that 43% of COVID deaths are from people who are 65 or above or elderly. No, it's people actually in nursing homes. Most elderly people are not in nursing homes. So think about that. There's very few people in nursing homes. Very few. But 43% of all COVID-19 deaths have happened in nursing homes. So first question, again, who am I talking to? I'm always talking to the church. Then I'm always talking to conservatives. Then whoever else wants to listen. Judgment begins at the house of God. So church, was your 43% of all COVID deaths have occurred in nursing homes. Why was your church closed? Your church wasn't a nursing home, was it? States like New York exclude from their nursing home death tallies, of course, those who die in a hospital. In other words, they got dreadfully ill in the nursing home. Then they send them to the hospital and they die in the hospital. Where did they really die? They died in the nursing home. They were just transported to the hospital. And how many deaths does New York really have in nursing homes? They Right now, the tally's 5,400. How many do they really have? Probably twice that. 
Because most of the time when somebody becomes emergent, they go, they go by ambulance to the hospital. But they got emergent in the nursing home. Because Cuomo's sending coronavirus patients in there, directing it. You will take them. That was the legislation. That was his gubernatorial, gubernatorial executive order. Well, it wasn't an executive order. It was legislation, but it was passed. By, it was, he was the primary proponent of it. Sending them in there. States like New York exclude from their nursing home death tallies those who die in a hospital, even if they were originally infected in an assisted living facility. So they're hiding more stats. How many of the deaths in the state of Ohio occurred in nursing homes? Ohio's pretty draconian right now. You folks in Ohio need to pay attention. Maybe that governor doesn't need to be reelected. And he's like, Tommy, he's a Republican. How so? How many, how, what's the percent, what's the, how, uh, of all the corona deaths that have occurred in the state of Ohio, how many of them occurred in nursing homes? 70%. How about Minnesota? 81%. Listen to this statistic. 70 plus, people 70 years of age or above age groups made up, tw- made up just 12.2% of all infected but 77.4% of all deaths. You had one job. We as a culture had one job, and that was to isolate our most vulnerable. That's what they, listen, that's what they did in Sweden. People are probably, Sweden, 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 tired of hearing about Sweden. They did a great job. They took care of their most vulnerable and then let everybody else get herd immunity. That's what's supposed to happen. But they didn't do it, but we didn't do that. All we did, well, you're going to have a set amount of deaths from Corona anyway. But it never had to happen in the nursing homes. It didn't have, all you had to do was isolate. The, that's it. And the governors did the exact, some governors did the exact opposite. What did Ron DeSantis do here in Florida? He did the right thing. He immediately canceled all visitations to nursing homes. All. Canceled all visitations to nursing homes. He sent the National Guard to nursing homes to do testing. But he closed off the nursing homes. So in in the state of Florida, where we have 20% more elderly than they do in the state of New York, they have had on the record 5,400 deaths. How many many has the state of Florida had? 700. 700 in nursing homes. Still way too high, but 700. So we had one job, one job. Our government had one job and it didn't get done. More news from the Gateway Pundit. Boston Police Commissioner William Gross blasted liberal judges at a Thursday press conference on a surge in violence, blaming the judges for creating an atmosphere where offenders are not afraid to commit crimes because the courts are closed and violent prisoners, including an accused murderer, are being released by judges because of the fears of the COVID-19 Chinese coronavirus spreading behind bars. Gross told the judges, if you feel so comfortable releasing them, let them stay at your house with your family. Again, law enforcement being overwhelmed by jail releases and then them going out and recommitting crimes, all because they want to uh, protect people in jail from coronavirus with a 0.1% post-infection death rate, open up the jail cells and let them out. 
completely and totally illogical. Here's some current news on this is from today from the Wall Street Journal. The Wall Street Journal currently lists 21 states with comprehensive or some restrictions on business or travel. Of these, 17 had Democratic governors. Of the four that did not, three had Democratic-controlled legislatures. Of the four that did not, three had Democratic-controlled legislatures. Maryland, Massachusetts, and New Hampshire all have of Republican governors but are controlled in the legislature by Democrats. Only one of the restricted states, Ohio, had a Republican governor and a Republican legislator. I told you, keep an eye on Ohio. See, we think that it's over, but I want to read you this. I'm going to blow through these in a hurry. And I'm just doing a short podcast tonight. I'm not going to go real long. I'll be done in a couple minutes. So, California, here's, here's where they're at right now. Travel outside of home only for... Uh, essential needs and work. So still under lockdown. District of Columbia, travel outside of home only for essential needs and work. Illinois, travel outside of home only for essential needs and work. Maine, travel outside of Maine, who I believe has less than 100 COVID-19 deaths, still on lockdown for some unknown reason. Travel outside of home only for essential needs and work with wider exceptions starting on Friday, started about uh, a couple weeks ago. Maryland, travel outside of home only for essential needs and work. New Jersey, same thing. New Mexico is one of the most totalitarian states in the union. Only for, you can only travel outside for essential needs and work. Same thing in the state of Oregon. Same thing in the state of Pennsylvania. Same thing in the state of Virginia. So again, this is not over. Same thing in the state of Washington. It's not over. Governor Northam wants to, right now, in the midst of falling coronavirus numbers, Governor Northam wants to issue a statewide mask order. We have to wear a mask everywhere you go right now. Here's some good news. I'm just blasting through some news that you may not have known yet. President Trump on Friday announced at the, at the White House that the United States world would terminate its relationship with the World Health Organization. The president said that Chinese officials failed to report details on the coronavirus properly to the World Health Organization and pressured the organization to mislead the world about its dangers. So it seems permanent as far as as long as Trump's president, we are out of the World Health Organization. We should be nowhere near anything where the number one contributor is Bill Gates. Bill Gates, who gives hundreds of millions of dollars to the National Institute of Health, which employs Fauci. Fauci's on his board. Bill Gates, who gives millions of dollars to the Chinese Academy of Sciences, which is in charge of the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where this all began, and nobody ever talks about, but we should not be giving any money to the WHO. One week after Trump declared churches essential, Catholic bishops pander to Washington State's politics rather than defend their faith. The bishops... This is from the Federalist. The bishops have shared with the governor broad practical guidelines outlining how, outlining, not outlawing, outlining how Washington Catholics can safely return to public worship. So instead of saying, you know what, we're opening, they're going into negotiations with Inslee. Who on earth would ever do that? Inslee, who, who says if you don't cooperate with, your, with our contact tracing efforts, that you will not be able to buy, sell, or trade. Here's a good one from the blaze from today. 
Dr. Anthony Fauci now says that a second wave of COVID-19 may not happen, may not even happen, and that wearing a mask is largely symbolic at this point. Has anybody ever thought about this? Do you, what was the last? Dr. Anthony Fauci was standing by in the president on May 15th, 14 days ago, wearing a mask. What's changed? And now suddenly wearing a mask is suddenly symbolic. Does everybody hear that? Listen, again, people think that it's over. Well, I'm not much of a shopper, so I'm really not out too many places too often. But I mean, I drive around, but I don't usually go into a whole lot of stores because I hate shopping. Well, I was out over the weekend, well, over, over the week, heading into the weekend here. And two-thirds of the people, one-half to two-thirds, somewhere in between that, so 60%, 60-65% of the people I saw were wearing masks. And masks, and I, that's not employees. Why do you wear, I mean, again, don't get lost in your own bubble thinking everybody's over masks because you were never into them. They're not. They're not people. How many people are on our side of things? I don't know. I don't think we're the majority. I honestly don't. I don't think we're the majority. But now he says that wearing masks are pretty much a symbolic gesture. He pointed out that a second wave is entirely preventable in the U.S. if the U.S. is able to have the workforce, the system, and the will to do the kinds of things that are the clear and effective identification, isolation, and contact tracing. So he says, you know, there's a good chance we won't have a second wave if we do contact tracing, isolation, effective identification. In other words, the new normal, which should make you nauseous, that should make you throw up in your mouth a little bit when I just said those two words, new normal. In April, however, Fauci insisted that the second wave of coronavirus was inevitable. The man is never right. How does he have a job? How in the world does Dr. Anthony Fauci even have a job it's truly amazing how does he have a job i don't know he's wrong every single time he put out the 2.2 million americans are going to die that didn't happen they lowered it to 260,000. that's not going to happen the man is never where he says wear a mask and then says he says first don't wear a mask then he says wear a mask now he says wearing a mask is symbolic he says that a second wave is inevitable now he says there's a good chance there won't be a second wave trying to save his job Andrew Cuomo to sign an executive order allowing businesses to deny entry to customers not wearing masks which is they can do that anyway I don't need I don't know why he's signing an executive order to do that when a, when a, a shop owner could do that anyway if it's your private property you can you can say you know what you need to you need to do a two-step dance before you can come in here you're allowed to, do, if they, people don't want to do it, they just don't shop in your store. The only thing you're not allowed to do is not let people in according to race or some other social identifier, but wearing a mask, you, absolutely, you can do that. Why does he have to sign an executive order? Because that's who he is. That's who all these people are. PJ Media, Illinois Governor J.P. Pritzker is on the hot seat. It's not because of his draconian lockdown policies or his police state enforcement of them. The unemployment claims system in Illinois is a total disaster as tens of thousands of people are calling their local claims office every day. Some call hundreds of times and no one is home on the other end. The state spent $22 million on a no-bid contract. No-bid contract usually means somebody's buddy got the job. For the unemployment claims, the state spent $22 million on a no-bid contract for the unemployment claim system and a new call, call center. 
The system went live May 11th, allowing gig workers and independent contractors to finally apply for benefits, but, the, but many were met with major technical issues and the new system publicly exposed Social Security numbers and other private information of nearly 32,500 residents of the state of Illinois. So, epic fail once again. I'll finish with this one. Oxford researchers are now warning of an obstacle in the trial process. Oxford researchers are who? Those are the ones that the United States has spent $1.3 billion in giving them money to develop a, a coronavirus vaccine and ordering 300 million, 300 million doses. Oxford researchers are now warning of an obstacle in the trial process. As new cases of COVID-19 are declining, they worry the, da the data will not meet the hurdles to prove effectiveness. They are now placing the odds of a successful trial at 50%. Professor Adrian Hill is sounding the alarm. The stakes could hardly be higher. If proven effective, the, Z the ZD1222 vaccine would allow people to leave their homes and go back to work. We don't need one when most people never even know. Why do you need a vaccine when most people who have caught coronavirus don't know they've caught it? There's a 0.1 post-infection death rate. Why do you need a vaccine at all? But Hill, director of the university's Jenner Institute, revealed his team now, now faced a major problem, throwing the September deadline into doubt. It's, it is a race, yes, but it's not a race against the other guys. It's a race against the virus disappearing. So they're worried they're not going to be able to create a vaccine before the virus disappears. <laughs> Against the virus disappearing and against time, he said, at the moment, there's a 50% chance that we get no result at all. Well, there you go. There's some news. I'll end it right there in an hour and 15 minutes. A nice short one tonight. Listen, I hope everybody's doing good. I hope you have a great, great weekend. Guys, I'm closing out right here, so cut me out right here. Listen, I love each and every one of you. Have a great weekend if I don't see you, and God bless you. <laughs>